special Burly Oak Brewing Showcase episode of... Brutal Battle. Yes, so another showcase episode. This time we're going pretty local for us. Uh, I don't think we've done any super local showcases yet. I don't... You would remember more than I Yeah, it's my recollection. I, I know I've thought about doing Union Brewing before. <clears throat> I think my voice just cracked. That was weird. How old are you? <laughs> I'm going on 12, so... <laughs> I, uh, no, I thought about doing Union Brewing before, which would be, like, even closer to us, but, uh, yeah, I've mainly kept it outside of the state of Maryland, so this is our first foray into Maryland, and Burley Oak Brewing is out of Berlin, Maryland, which is only about 15-minute drive from Delaware, so super close there. Um, let's just start with the beer, and I'll let you know, we have four of their beers, they're all in 16-ounce cans, and they're all from their special can releases, uh, we did not go to the can releases. These are from Greg Milburn, who I traded with. I traded him a bunch of stuff that we got up in Boston for these Burley Oaks special release beers. Burley Oak's a hot, a hot thing around us, and uh, a lot of people go to their special releases, and I think they sell out in one day, like, every time they do their special can releases, which doesn't really surprise me because of the quality. All right, so the first beer is an Imperial IPA called Citralaxy. And it is 7.5% alcohol by volume. And it also says it's an Imperial IPA with that lupulin powder. It literally says that lupulin that. powder. Hmm. <sighs> so this is this is a beer that you and I started liking pretty early on. I think we first tried it just on tap at, what, like mm. Biroteca, I think was the first place we had it. But um, they've actually gotten really good about distributing kegs around. to breweries around us, uh, which that didn't really start happening until maybe about six months or so ago. I mean, like bars, not breweries. Oh, did I say that? Uh-huh. Yeah, I meant bars. That's right. Yes. Good thing you're here. Anyway. Thing, the- how did I pick up on that? Because I literally just woke up from a nap, like... Well, the problem is I didn't take a nap, so I'm tired. I'm still, like, I still have that, like, nap hungover, like... Well, the perfect thing to get you up and at them is a beer. I guess. Right? All right, so this is, um, their IPAs, their hoppy stuff, they typically try to do, like, New England-style IPAs because they tried it and it really caught on. People really wanted to buy it, so this is, like, a New England-style IPA, or Imperial IPA in this case. Very, very hazy. Very orange looking. Yeah, yeah, yellowish orange. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it smells crazy citrusy. Yeah. It smells kind of sweet too, like. Yeah, I was gonna say that candied pineapple. Yeah. You know that type. That's pretty dead on. It's just like so like hoppy, like it's the smell that you get when you walk into like the hop fridge at a brewery. It's just like. Which, Hop Fridge is my favorite place to be in a brewery because of that smell. It's amazing. And I've said a few times, if they would make a cologne no, out of Lupulin, no, no, I would totally no. wear it. Oh. Oh, do Galaxy. Oh, do Citra. I mean, I, I like that smell. That's not something I want you to wear. Yeah. But this is super aromatic, <sighs> very citrusy, like you were saying, like that candy pineapple. There's a lot of other citrusiness to it. It smells very much of Citra hops, which is why it's called Citralaxy. They actually did another version of this Imperial IPA, and then they called it Denalaxy because they used Denali hops for it. So I don't know if they're going to do more of these types of things. Um, I'm down for it to just try different, like, single hop Imperial IPAs. I'm always a fan of that. So 
though it doesn't smell like there's much bitterness to it, which makes sense because it's like a New England style. But you took a sip, so what do you think? Oh, I took lots of sips. I just love this. I've had this beer. I love it. Yeah, I love really it again. Good. It's just, it tastes exactly like it smells. Um, it has a nice mouth feel, a, a full mouth feel. The flavor's there. I just... So there is a lot of juiciness to mm-hmm. it, like you would assume from a New England style IPA. Mm. You get a lot of that citra, uh, like citra characteristic, and it's very citrusy. Um, I think you're you're totally right with what you smelled on it, like um, like a candied pineapple to, for the flavor, but super super citrusy. Very low low bitterness, but there is some on the end. Light body, almost a little fluffy in the mouth feel. Mm-hmm. Good. Give me a little more. Mm-hmm. Hit me up. Just a very nice beer. What was the other beer? The other... Name some other IPAs we've had by them. 100? Nope. Um, well, we did. I mean, I know, we did I know. have that That's one. That's not but... the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> um, I like, I'm trying to say I like this one, but there's one I like more. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to remember what that one was. Oh, Headstash AF. Yes, yes. Yeah, by far. So they've done a few AF. They did like Savage AF. They did Headstash AF. Yeah, and I, you were totally right. Of all the hoppy beers we've had from Burley Oak, that Headstash AF was by far the uh, most vibrant and tasty. I can't say by far. but Okay, you got it. No, you're right. It's not. I mean, far. because they're all good. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one, I really think. Really good. Yeah. But the this New England style IPA is really working mm, for them because they're selling it like crazy and they just keep pumping it out. Because uh, yeah, the the thing for me I do pick up on when I have this beer is I do notice that it is done with the lupulin powder because that always gives me like this little bit of like a mentholy spice on the end of each taste. Uh, that's just a lupulin powder thing that I pick up on, uh, which. Sometimes I don't really like, sometimes I don't really care about, so it's like a, you know, situational thing. But anyway, as you continue to sip on your tasty mm-hmm. Citralaxy, uh, let's start talking a little bit about the history of Burley Oak Brewing. So, this brewery started in 2011, so at this oh, point wow. they're only like six years old. Um, the founder's name is Brian Brushmiller, and just so people know, he bikes to work every day. And I read an article in which he had a quote saying, biking to work and having a cup of coffee is the best way to get your day started, Mm -hmm. which is cool. I mean, that right there gives you kind of an idea of the type of person he is and the fact that, from what I hear, he smokes a lot of weed. And I think other people who work with him do, but I've mainly just heard that, like, he smokes a lot of weed. I I can't substantiate it, but just heard. Um so he actually began brewing, doing home brewing in 2009 after he was laid off from a job. And so I guess it was kind of a blessing in the skies type thing, at least for people who like to drink Burley Oak beer. But also Brian seems to be very happy with what he's doing, like really enjoying it. So it was kind of a good thing for him to be laid off too, because started home brewing in 2009, two years later, decided to open up Burley Oak. And one of the coolest things about Burley Oak he opened up with no money from investors. Really? It is his brewery, his brewery only, and as he said, there's a quote, nobody tells me what to brew, is what he said. He answers to nobody. He just does what he wants beer-wise and what he wants with 
the organization of his actual physical brewery and growing it and whatever he wants to do. It's all his call, which has got to be really nice because there are a lot of breweries out there that they have to get investing and people to invest in order for them to get it going. And then you're beholden to other folks. So that's just hmm. one less pain in the ass that he has to deal with, which is good for him. Uh, they do, when I checked their 2016 number, they were doing 2000 barrels, which isn't like huge. And if you, if you ever go to their brewery down there, it's not big. No, it's not very big. Small. Yeah. And, uh, Brian's actually voiced to many people who have asked, you know, oh, are you going to expand? You know, what are your plans for the future? And he's basically been like, nope. Like, I'm happy just being small. We like keeping it small because we can keep a lot of control over the quality of the beer, but also the freshness of the beer. So we don't want to get too big. So, well, the one, gotta respect it. Was that, I think the first time we were there when we did a tour, mm-hmm. and they were still, still um, canning by hand. Yeah. Which I would assume prob- by now they're probably not because of all these can releases they keep doing. I think they're doing them like every two to three weekends or something. That's what it seems like to me. Maybe it's every month, like once a month. I'm not sure. But you want more citralic? No, no, no. no. Oh, I want to rinse. Water. I thought she was like, more citralicy. You'd go through it pretty quick. It is easy. Mm, like, really it easy. Is. Um, Yeah, we've been to Burley Oak three times. And um, it's a fun, cool place. Like, it's really nice. Obviously, the beers are really good. Um as far as we know, we, we love the beers. I mean, we've only had a few things here and there that we haven't been big fans of, but overall, really, really good stuff. So, um, how much more do I do before we go into it? So how the uh, the brewery operates, they wanted to start up like with sustainability in mind. Hmm. So they do, you know, they, they did not lay anything out on their website, but they just say they use sustainable practices typically. And they also like to focus on getting local ingredients and materials. And when they need things done with, like, the brewery for, like, maintenance, repair, building, they like to use local craftsmen for that. So keeping a lot of the money local. And they've been um, – it's been said that they've done a lot for the city of Berlin because it's become a, a beer tourist destination because they don't really distribute much. So mm-hmm. – Brings a lot of dollars in, which is good. Um, so their name, Burley Oak, is kind of tied to the city of Berlin because the city, which was started in the 1790s, was a part of the Burley Plantation. Oh. So that's where Burley Oak came from. Uh, the, and the building that they're currently in was actually a cooperage originally, which is cool, which people who don't know what a cooperage is, they make barrels. They make wooden barrels. So this particular cooperage was making oak barrels that was used to, f- uh, that was filled up with then local produce and seafood that was shipped to Baltimore. And this was in the early 1900s oh, wow. when that was happening. So it's an old building. Obviously, they had to refurbish some of the stuff. They modernized it. But it's just really cool kind of knowing, like, the they're doing some barrel aging. And, yeah, it was it was a cooperage before. Really cool. I remember them saying that, like, in their mm-hmm. tour, because I remember, like, looking up and, like, you can see, like, just the... How old it looks. The, the wood. Architectural features of of the building. It's a really old, funky, interesting building, uh-huh. in my opinion. I mean, I feel like I could... It almost looks like I could, I could run it over with my Prius. 
Yeah, it doesn't look like it's like crazy sturdy or anything. But all right, so the next beer we're gonna do. Did I mention these are all special release? I think I did. Yeah, yeah, these are all special release. So the next uh, step up from an imperial IPA would be a triple IPA, oh. which this is. I believe this is the very first triple IPA uh, they've ever done. So uh, it's called Search and Destroy, and it is ten percent ABV. Ooh, yeah. How often do you have triple IPAs? I don't. I barely ever see triple IPAs. Yeah. Honestly, don't want to give you a ton. So far, it, well, I guess it looks a little darker. Like it looks. Does it? Pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. It's same amount of haziness, New England style. Yeah, it's a little darker orange, but almost the same. It smells a little like the Citrality, mm-hmm. to be honest. It smells heavier. I don't like know. more, it, it, like it's going to be a little more syrupy. Yeah, yeah. Like it smells like like maybe the pineapple, like the candy portion of the pineapple is a little thicker. Like it's, it's a little more caramelized. Yes, that's just sort of it's like brulee. <laughs> there you go, brulee. I like that. Smells really good though. You're getting mm-hmm. I get a lot of citrus, but I do get a little bit of like an earthiness to it on the finish of the nose as well. And a slight kind of like spice character. Yeah. Which almost comes off like a little bit like a rye, but I'm pretty sure there's not rye in it. But yeah. Maybe there's a little hmm. bit of pine on the end of the nose, but plenty of like orange, a little pineapple-y. Yeah. Alright, you tried it. So it's good. You get a lot of the same flavor characteristics, like from the Citralaxy, but like you said, like that that syrupy characteristic, it just makes it a little too... A little too thick for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is a little bit of a syrupy note, which makes it almost a little um, medicinal in the mouthfeel, you know, like a a cough syrup. Although actually... like thick. You can perceive that higher ABV too, which there's a... It, it, it's a bit astringent on the finish for that reason, um, but seeing as it's ten percent, oh, it does not drink like 10%. yeah, it doesn't really. I, I mean, it drinks more of like an eight or nine, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, it's good. A lot of citrus up front, and then there's there's pininess on the end, but it's not a crazy amount of pininess. I feel like there's more citrusiness than there is pininess, and the pininess is kind of like nice and smooth on the finish. Not a ton of bitterness, um, but the bitterness you are getting, I think, is more an alcohol bitterness than it is, like, an actual hop bitterness. So. I like it. Mm-hmm. It's good. good. I like the Citralaxy more. Agreed. The Search and Destroy is nice. I, I could definitely sneak up on you, I think. All right. So, um, interesting fact about Burley Oak. In 2011, when they first started up, uh, they started working with a soil scientist by the name of Brooks Clayville, um, who wanted to work on growing barley locally. Uh, they, which actually they started, they started doing that, and it ended up actually taking them until 2013 before they actually perfected their whole process of figuring out which type of barley works best, and then kind of like the regimen for like, you know, what to put on it to help it grow, how to kind of coddle it. And how to harvest it best. So it took about two years. Uh, and then they were able to use local barley. Hmm. For that reason. 
Uh, so they have a program that they call Grain to Glass, and it's a series that they have going. And the very first Grain to Glass beer was their local pale ale. Oh, that's cool. Local spelled L-O-A-K-A-L for the word oak. Oh, got it. it. Yeah. I was like... If you're not looking at it, it's a little yeah, harder I, to... Yeah. My auditory processing takes a while to... Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, at this point, they don't actually have any flagship beers. Uh, they just try to do a bunch of different stuff. And that's easily seen with all their special release cans. Uh, it's said that they try to brew one new beer each week. What? Which I think is a smart practice. Um, they also, in addition to making those beers, brew their own root beer. Mm. And they have their own, own cold brew coffee available as well. Now, the root beer is actually on tap when you go there. The cold brew coffee is only available in small bottles. So, just so you know. We had their cold brew. It was a few years ago when we yeah. were down there. We got their cold brew. I wasn't a fan it's, of it. Yeah. I didn't really like it. But I think we, we did have the root beer and thought it was pretty good. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, um... So they're, yeah, so their big thing is they really want people to come to them. That was kind of their whole idea, which is why they're maintaining how small they are. So the whole idea was they really wanted to control freshness and really have control over their process. So they're staying relatively small. They're not really distributing. And whatever they have left, basically, after they've kind of taken care of their super local market, they'll then distribute out to the Baltimore area, D.C. area, and just a little bit into Delaware, and that's just because Delaware is so close. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, and a lot of the money that they end up getting, uh, this this was uh, based off an interview with Brian Brush Miller, who said that a lot of the money that he ends up getting, he ends up just kind of funneling back into the company, including his employees. So, like, from the company standpoint, he's funneling it into using better ingredients, getting more ingredients, and also upgrading equipment, getting new equipment, you know, making it easier and better. Uh, but in addition, he likes to compensate his employees fairly, as he said. He really likes to make sure that they're properly compensated. And that includes all of his employees having full health care benefits. As well, as well as retirement plans. And that even includes the bartenders. What? Yes. And he even said this was before the Affordable Care Act. So he was doing this on his own prior to that. So Water. Good guy, huh? Wow. That is crazy. So really, I think people are getting kind of like a good picture of who Brian Brushmiller really is. Like crunchy, you know, small town type of guy. Wants to take care of his employees, take care of his town. You know, be creative, but have, you know, really good control over the creativity, which is his beer. So, and then uh, the last little bit I'm going to do for now before we do another beer. They opened up the Funk Factory in 2016, and this was a separate building right next to their the old cooperage. They had it built, and it's mainly for their wild yeast mixed fermentation and their barrel aging processes. Mm-hmm. So... That's where they do that stuff. And they have a bunch of, like, outside seating areas. So. And, little known fun fact, Carlin did stand-up comedy there. <laughs> I did. We've been there three times, and the third time we were there, I did some stand-up comedy. Um, it was... I was coerced into doing <laughs> it. Let's just say that much. But it was like I, an open. It was like an open mic night, and they didn't mm-hmm. have enough comedians. 
And the guy who was kind of organizing was like, I really need someone else. Like, come on, who wants to do it? At first I was just like, no. And then and then he tried to offer you weed to do it. He's like, dude, and I'll, I was like, I'll give no. you some weed. <laughs> I was like, you want it? And then I think he took it back. I think he was like, wait, I don't actually have the weed. <laughs> I was like, I, I, but I said no to it in the first place anyway, so it doesn't even matter. But. But, um, yeah. I mean, it was fun. But I like that place. I think it's a cool place. Yeah. Um, the, and one of the things for me about Burley Oak early on that I realized is, like, it made me kind of mad because, like, distribution... Like, we have to rely on distribution yeah. for a lot of breweries, obviously, because of where we are. We don't have, like, a ton of breweries super close to us. So, we just want to be able to go to our liquor store and pick up what we want. Well, Burley Oak really hadn't been distributing, as we've kind of covered in here. They're trying to be like, why don't you people come to us? And Burley Oak's a bit of a ways for us to go. So, we were, we really only go when we're already down that way, and that's usually when we're going to, like, Rehoboth Beach. So then we'll just go over because it's not that far. I think it's like 45 minutes or yeah. so from Rehoboth. So that's why we do it, do it then. But I was originally not all that happy with Burley Oak years ago when they st- when we started getting some of their stuff. Because it just seemed to me like they were distributing their crappier beers that weren't all that great. Like their Sorry Chicky, which is like a blonde, like a dry hop sour yeah. ale, which like... I don't like it at all. Like, I know people, there are a lot of people who like Some it. Some people I love don't it, like yeah. It. I think it's ugh, not good. Um, and their Secret Sauce IPA was just like a IPA. So they, it just seemed like they were, like, sending all this garbage out. And then we would, like, we went to Burley Oak for the first time, and we were just like, everything on tap here is amazing. Mm-hmm. You just get, like, a taster, and it's all so damn good. So I was just like, this pisses me off because you're distributing crap and you're serving up, like, amazing stuff at your brewery. But, you know, doing the research and knowing the backstory on why they're doing what they're doing, I understand it. I respect it. Yeah. It makes sense. So, kind of sucks for us and other people like us because you can't readily get it. But, you know, maybe you have a treat for yourself every now and then and you go down there. Mm-hmm. So, the next beer we're going to do is one of their... Dreams. Now, this is Dream, not spelled with a D, but spelled J-R-E-A-M. And this series has been wildly popular. This is one of the series that they do for their special can releases. And usually when they have their can releases, they're releasing four different beers at the same time. It's like two hoppy beers and two different versions of their Dream. So their Dreams are sour beers done with fruit and lactose added. So it's got like a creaminess. Uh, and these beers have just been hot, like going like hotcakes because they're very good and they're very good for trading because everyone wants to get a hold of them. And they're hard to get because you have to like line up to get these beers. To like camp out. Yeah, people actually do camp out overnight in order to be in line for the morning because they have like an allocation, kind of like Tired Hands in the Philadelphia area does. They do like an allocation. They'll say, okay, this is the day we're going to release the cans. This is the time. And the first X number of people can buy this much of each of the beers, then the next, this number of people can buy this much. So, yeah. Um, so the one that we're going to try first here is their Blackberry Cranberry Dream. And a lot of times they've just been doing, like, two different ones. What was the one, what was the first one we had? Ooh, uh... starting to foam up. Uh, the very first Dream we ever had, we actually had that at Bureau Tech as well. And that was the um, 
Tropical Dream. Oh, yeah. So because the, the first one we had wasn't in, like, a can or anything, and it was just, like, on tap at Biroteca, I don't know what fruits were in yeah. it. Yeah. It was just, like, tropical fruits, but that was, like, I remember having it and just being, like, this is yeah. so tasty. By the way, this is 4.8% alcohol, so it's low. Well, the color is pretty. Oh, wow. Yeah, when you pour it, especially if you pour it, like, kind of agitated. Like, pink. Yeah, it's got a really nice head to it. Like, the head is, like, pink, and the beer is, like, red, like, reddish pink. Yeah, it looks really cool. The other thing about the dreams, like, the cans that they do, the artwork is so cool. Like, the marketing of this, from the name to the can art, is outstanding. Uh, People, if you're listening to this, if you don't typically go to the website, definitely go to the Brutal Battle website, because we put up pictures of the beers that we're doing. And um, it's usually like a week after the show's posted. But uh, you're going to want to see the can art on these because it's really cool. And then you'll just know what I'm talking about. I don't know if I've ever drank a beer as like... As vibrantly red as this. It's It's so ruby. And the head. Like the head reminds me of like a strawberry mousse. Yeah. Like how like fluffy and, and pink it is. It looks really cool, but it's it's pretty, you know, it's pretty hazy as you would, um, as you would expect since there's like actually fruit mm. added to it. And they do say on the on the side of the can, um, make sure that you keep it cold because there's fruit in there because you want to preserve that. So, um, okay. smell it. Oh, I smell that cranberry off the it's bat. Like really tart. Yeah. Like crisp. Cranberry has a very distinct smell, and you get a lot of that cranberry in there. I can see where the blackberry is, but if I didn't know it was blackberry, I don't think I would say, I, I, oh, that's blackberry. It's just like a berry. I definitely I get the cranberry. Like it's a blueberry, maybe. This, I mean, I just feel like this smells a lot like my dad's cranberry sauce that he makes for Thanksgiving. Because there's that much cranberry to it. But yeah, I don't really, it doesn't smell all that creamy to me. I know there's lactose in it, but it doesn't smell all that creamy. It's mainly just like a tartness and cranberry. So, you're trying it? I think it's hard because you're getting some tartness from the sour, but then Mm -hmm. the tartness, I think, from the cranberry. Mm -hmm. Um, Because cranberry has that, like, you know, tart. It's a tarter fruit. Yeah. Yeah. That's a... But then you get some, like, sweetness, sweet creaminess on the end. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely get the creaminess in the finish. I get creaminess on the mouthfeel overall. That cranberry is very intense with the beer. Yeah. Um, I know the blackberry's in there, but it, the blackberry's fighting to get through because that cranberry is so dominant. But it's got a weird, like, Cheerio flavor um, on the aftertaste. It's like a real weedy, bready mm-hmm. finish. It I mean, makes me wonder if they kind of, like, started this kind of like a Berliner Weiss or something. So it has, like, a wheat to it. But, yeah, it's, like, very grainy finish. Like I said, like, plain Cheerios. Give me totally a, like, a little bit more. You know, a little more? Um, I like it, though. Yeah, I definitely like the Tropical one more. Yeah, that Tropical one was so damn good. The other one that we had had, which we had at... Um, Black-eyed Susie's was oh. blueberry strawberry dream, right. 
and that was good. That was good. But the tropical yeah, was, was like way better. I, I'd say the tropical is way better than this too. That finish is kind of bothering me on this beer. It's a weird finish. See, I I like that finish. It's not okay. Let me put it this way: it's not bad. It's just weird mm-hmm. to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not a finish where I'm just like, oh yuck. It's a finish where like I'm okay with that flavor, but it feels like, like it doesn't belong. Yeah. It's like hmm. As you keep drinking it, it becomes more creamy, by the way. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to... And the cranberry, like, the, that kind of, like, intensity of, like, the cranberry tartness slash sourness does start to come down. Just because right. your getting used to it. But... But it makes you... The saliva. I really like the style of sour beer. The idea of, like, fruit and lactose... It's awesome. It's great. And obviously it's really working for Burley Oak right now because of how well it's selling. Like we said, people are camping out in line to get it. Literally. I mean, the beer is good and I'm glad we have it and I will yeah. drink it and we'll cool. trade for it, whatever. I, it's not that, I'm no beer, I think, in my opinion, is that good to camp out for. Maybe that's yeah. just because I'm old and I want to sleep in a bed. <laughs> And if you didn't, in the morning, you wouldn't be able to stand up straight. Yeah, that would be real cranky. Your back would be all screwed up. I know mine would. That's true. Um, yeah, I feel, the lactose becomes more and more present as you keep sipping it, and it's just so smooth. And it just takes the it takes the edge off the sourness after a while. Mm-hmm. Like, it just starts to really smooth it out. And that's, like, the great thing about the lactose and how it plays in there. So, okay. I'm going to... Talk about their beers, and that's the last thing, and then we'll get to trying their very last beer. So, their special can releases, like I said, they typically do, like, two of their hoppy beers and two of their sours, so cover that. Um, In cans at the moment, so all this stuff is, like, what they have available right now, just to give you an idea of what they do, because like we said, they're doing a different beer every week, so things vary. So, in cans at the moment, they're doing Sorry Chicky which is their dry hop sour, Bilsner, which is their Pilsner, Homegrown, which is a Session IPA, Lost IPA, uh, Pong Rip IPA, as you can tell, a take on Pong uh, Rip, because they smoked the weed. Which I didn't know what that was. <laughs> yeah. And Cashmere Coogie Sweater, which is a double IPA. Uh, on tap at the moment, actually at their brewery, and this is where like you're going to hear the stuff just be like, there's some really good stuff in there. Um, Rude Boy, which is a, they call it a big red ale, I guess like a double red ale. Just the Tip, which is their Kolsch, which is a good beer. Peach Cobbler Dream, which is Dream with peach, vanilla, and cinnamon. I want that. I know, it sounds really good, doesn't it? Peach Cobbler Dream. Yeah, they do a lot of cool stuff like that. The Pong Rip IPA. Uh, Bumbleberry Dream, which is their dream with strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries blended. Wow, that's a lot of berries. That's a ton of berries. I bet that's a really pretty color. Yeah. Cashmere Coogie Sweater, which we talked about. Their double IPA. Their Lost IPA. Their Search and Destroy Triple IPA is currently on tap. Their Secret Sauce IPA. Aboriginal Gangster IPA. Um, another version of their Homegrown? Why did I put that twice? I don't know. Uh, Winter Eclipse, which is a sour stout with plums. Ooh. That sounds tasty. 
Uh, Passionate Hypothesis, which is another IPA, you're going to potentially crap yourself at, uh, about this one. Fudgy Slippers, which is their brownie batter pastry stout. What? It's a stout with the addition of cocoa nibs, cocoa powder, and gooey fudge brownie mix. What the heck is that? Pastry stout. There you go. Uh, coffee and cream cream ale with coffee oh, we've added. had that one, right? Yeah. Oh, that, and that's good. High, high wheat, which is a mm. hibiscus wheat ale. That's pretty good. I've had that one. Bunker C, which is a porter. Uh, they also have their coffee and cream ale on nitro. Ooh. Uh, their blueberry strawberry dream on nitro. And then the handmade root beer available on tap. I know this would, a dream would be like on nitro. Even creamier is what it would be. Because, uh, so think about when you and I had Founders Rubius. Rubius, yeah. It took a lot of that, like, excess sweetness out and kind of, like, really rounded it out when we had the Nitro Rubius. And um, just think it would make it creamier like that. So, kind of crazy. All right. Let's do this. All right, so the final beer we're going to have, where do you go from a dream? You go to a double dream. So this is one of the first Double Dreams that they had released. It is Blueberry Peach Double Dream, and it is 8% alcohol. Hopefully this one doesn't... Okay, this one's a little more ruly. The other one kind of started, like, foaming out the top. This one's ruly, that one was unruly. Still this pretty This one color. also, yeah. What is that, Anne? Blueberry Peach. Blueberry Peach, okay. Double. This is the double. All right. So it looks kind of like the blackberry not as, cranberry. Not as vibrant, though. Yeah, it's not as vibrant. It's it's more like a pinkish reddish. Uh, obviously, very um, hard to see through because it's hazy because it looks just, fruit. I just hope the peach doesn't get lost. I know. I you know because that's well, a delicate flavor. I don't know. Smelling it, I could smell that peach. <sighs> yeah. I could smell the blueberry and the peach. They both are. They both, like, smell very delicate mm-hmm. on there, actually. Okay. And it smells like like a lemony tartness. It does. Then that blueberry and peach kind of on the same level, and I can smell the creaminess mm-hmm. in there from that lactose. Mm, it smells really good. This yeah, it does smell good. This has a way better nose than the last one. All right, let's go in. Yup. That is tasty. This one is... The flavors are significantly more delicate on this yeah. one. The last one, I feel like the, the cranberry just was like... It was kicking you. Yeah, and the, the yeah. tartness of the cranberry and then the sour, yeah. it was just kind of... The cranberry was very intense. Uh, with this, the blueberry and the peach, they're kind of... They can be like kind of more mild fruit yeah. flavors, and I think that goes really well in this beer. Um, it's coming off as more finessed. More delicate, yeah. as we've said. It's like rounded, softer mm-hmm. on the edges. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still getting that cheerio finish. I get it too, but I don't get it as much. It's like, I mean, if I'm probably getting thirty percent of what I was getting yeah. from the cram- blackberry cranberry dream on that cheerio note. Mm. Good, really creamy. Getting the blueberry, getting the peach. That's really good. It's just nice and fruity and tasty. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm. Okay. Oh, man. All right. So, 
What do you think about Burley Oak in general? Good. I've always liked their stuff. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I've always been a fan. Uh, and I remember one of the, the last time we were there that they had a really awesome brown ale. Which, like, typically nobody says, like, oh, this brewery has a really awesome brown ale. It was good. It was, like, well hopped. And that's how I like my brown ales. Kind of like Dogfish Head's Indian brown ale. Mm. You know, like a brown ale like that, like, I feel like it goes well. Or if you, like, make it a coffee brown or something like that. So, they just do really good beer. I, I dig the philosophy. I dig what Brian Brushmiller's trying to do. Well, not trying to do, successfully doing. Um, yeah, I just dig it. It's cool. Um, rating these, I mean, ranking these beers. How tough is this for you? <laughs> Um, for me, the Citralic is number one. Then yeah, the good. Double Blueberry Peach. Mm-hmm. Um, then probably the Search and Destroy. Okay. And then the Blackberry Cranberry Dream. Okay. Um, so for me, I think I'm going to go the Double Blueberry Peach Dream first. first. Because I'm more impressed by that style of beer i just feel like hoppy things aren't as tough so but I, i'm pretty close between the citralaxy and that double blueberry peach dream but i'm going to give a slight edge to the double blueberry peach dream that's my number one number two is a citralaxy imperial ipa obviously um i gotta say my number three is the blackberry cranberry dream i do like it it mm. is good even though the cranberry is a little intense and that cheerio flavor is a little intense um, no, now that I say that, maybe I should take that back. I'm going to put what? the search, I'm going to put the search and destroy as number three and then the black, blackberry, uh, cranberry dream, but they're close. They are really, they're, yeah, they're close. agreed. As I was talking about that Cheerio note, I started to remind me how much it does kind of bother me. So I was like, yeah, the search and destroy doesn't have anything that really bothers me and they're close. So search and destroy goes ahead of it. But really good beers. Mm -hmm. Really happy with this. This was a super fun episode to do because these beers were so good. Yeah. And it's just cool to learn about cool breweries. Yeah. So anyway, uh, thanks everyone for checking this out. I hope somehow you have a way to get a hold of some Burley Oak stuff. I know it's probably hard for people who live further away who listen to this podcast, but beer trading is a thing. So that's going to be your best bet. But anyway, thank you, Burley Oak, for what you're doing. Brian Brushmiller, doing a good job. I like how you're keeping it local and paying your employees well and giving them benefits and everything. That's always super cool to hear. Rebecca, do you have any closing feelings? No. no. <laughs> okay. Your your voice just cracked. <clears throat> it was your turn. I yeah, did it in the, the beginning. Then you do it I think I have all this, like, I'm, I'm like, building up phlegm oh, yeah. from these yeah, the sour dr- beers. Yeah, the dreams really can build up some phlegm. <laughs> that's for sure. I feel like I need a <clears throat> hakalugi. They build up phlegm, but they're well worth it because they're so freaking tasty. So, I mean, I think the only thing left to say is keep it brutal.
This has been a Nerd Circle Podcast production. 